0: Welcome everybody to another episode of El Cafecito. My name is Leonardo Casenza. I'm your host for this third season, reminding everyone that El Cafecito is sponsored by the Latin American Studies program at the University of Toronto. Without their help, nothing of this would have would have not been possible. And now for my introduction, we're in the meta podcast.
1: Yes, thank you so much. My name is Yacido Ortega. I'm originally from Colombia in South America. I am uh, currently working in my PhD at OISE, the Ontario Institute for Studies in Education uh, in the Language and Literacies uh, Education Department, and I'm looking at the uh, social justice, peace-building education in English English classes in Latin America, specifically in Colombia. I'm glad to be here. I, uh, I also host uh, another podcast for graduate folks and uh, other people uh, at OISY. The podcast is called Chasing Encounters. And then here we're today with the folks at El Cafecito because we wanted to to sort of start sharing some, some of our experiences, what we have been through, what are the reasons why we're doing a, a podcast in these times, and what are the challenges and opportunities that we have faced throughout these years of, of doing a podcast.
2: Hola, hello, Cubo. My name is Raquel, and I really hope your semester is going well. And this is just a reminder to uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can find us there as uh, Podcast El Cafecito.
3: Hola, hola. Um, here's Guillermo Paturí. Very happy to be once again here. And before we start, Leo, I just wanted to call attention to one fact, um, that today we're recording uh, on November uh, the 27th, uh, but uh, two days ago on the November 25th, uh, 2020, uh, the greatest football player of all times, Diego Armando Maradona, unfortunately passed away, uh, who was a symbol of not only football, but of Latin America as a whole. So i just like to uh, call attention to the fact. And, well, if I could, dedicate this episode to El Diego, El Más Grande.
0: Well, I think we should record an episode on Maradona. It can be the next one. Give me the next one. Give me our spoiler for, for, for the following one. But anyways, uh, following this we're, we're back with another Cafecito, and this time it's a meta podcast like I mentioned in the beginning because we're talking about podcasting and we invited Yesid here exactly to talk about what podcasting is and uh, our audiences and the different approaches that we have to podcasting and why it's, it's so important to, to our communities and to spread our, our word in our communities. And yes, it has an amazing podcast called, called Chasing Encounters. And as he said, he, he invites people from, from different backgrounds to talk about their, their their stories in his podcast. It's a different format from ours, and I'm interested to talk about why he chose his format. But initially, my first question to you all is why why did we choose the podcast format, right? Why is the podcast such an interesting media to convey our thoughts?
1: Um, right, that's a very good, interesting question, so let me tell you a little bit about the history of how Chasing Encounters uh, came to be. This was an idea that I had with a friend of mine uh, a few years back, like two three years ago. Uh, we used to host um, a critical pedagogy group, study group at OEC, and at some point we were getting together every week uh, for a couple of hours to study and talk about critical pedagogy. And then one, in one of our many conversations, we said, oh, that would be cool to have the same idea of having these conversations, but in the form of a podcast. And I said, well, oh, that sounds like a great idea. And so we started fantasizing about the idea of, of, of having a podcast about talking about uh, literary work and theory and research and all of those sorts of things. And, and then we kept it like that in the back of our minds. And the group, you know, disappeared. We didn't meet it again. And then the idea of the, of the podcast just, just vanished for a while. And then I said to myself, I do like the idea of a podcast. But the reason why I like the idea of a podcast, especially for me, because I am one of those who advocate for um, different knowledges and different venues, different knowledge mobilizations, and especially us in the academia, in the, in the academic world. We are sort of pressured to publish in, in high-tier journal, journals, right? We, are, we have this pressure, and and then that's the only possibility that we have to actually mobilize the knowledge. So for me, I had the idea that this 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 is not only the only possibility to to, to disseminate the knowledge. So I said I'm gonna create a podcast in which we're going to disseminate knowledge, research knowledge, and uh, and, and a different venue. And that's when uh, Chasing Encounters study, And I said hey, I want to engage with folks about not only research specifically, but also about who the person is behind the research, right? Where where they're coming from and hence why, that's why we talk about uh, languages, literacies, uh, identities, cultures, and all of those sorts of things. I I am personally interested in who is the person who's doing their research? Who is the person behind where you're coming from? What's your background, your cultural background, your linguistic background? And that's how it started. And then I asked a friend of mine from Chile, uh, the first time we were on the hall, hallway at OEC and I told him, hey, listen, I have this idea for a podcast. Do you want to do the first pilot? And he said, sure, why not? And then the good thing is that uh, at OEC we have an actual studio. So we went, we scheduled or uh, we'll book an appointment and then we, 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 we shot the first um, episode with him and we talk about, uh, we have a, a very informal conversation about uh, what's happening in Chile, the, the social political situation in Chile. And that's how we started.
2: That's so interesting. Before continuing the idea of the resources that we have available to uh, support our podcast, I just wanted to add this comment. And I really agree with you in terms of how powerful conversations are. Like they are a form of just like sharing knowledge that, as you said, in a different way, in a different, it's just like a different opportunity for people to engage with different sources of knowledge. And I do agree with you with the part of we don't need to always go to academic journals to learn about a specific topic when we can have a conversation with the people that are writing those those uh, academic articles, but also we just, in the case of our podcast, just the students that are studying, that are getting to know different authors, uh, that are getting to know different academics in their fields of study, so like how powerful these conversations are, and I think that's what we are trying to do with El Cafecito, just like bringing all the ideas, all the knowledge that we have and just have a conversation about, about all that, how our experiences as students in Canada is being shaped by the knowledge that we are getting from like all these different sources, either like academic papers, conversations with our profs, conversations with our peers and so on. So just like, I just wanted to highlight how powerful conversations are as a form of uh, just like to share knowledge.
0: That's what that's what we were born out like this idea where that's why it's called el cafecito. I'm having coffee right now we don't usually have coffee many times but the idea was initially was to like sit down and unfortunately because of COVID we can't get together and now we're just recording it on zoom, but uh, used to be this idea of sitting down and get together and like having coffee and talking about politics and society in latin america and that's what we do every every friday and and i think that's and it's so relevant to do that because the conversations they they explore different themes and different topics that uh that a text wouldn't and i think and in and in 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 i think it touches people in a different way that the texts don't do i think the intonation and the way that you put and, and the, the, the way that people speak and the way Way that people post their their different informations when they're talking, it's just so much more enriching than uh, when you're reading a text. So that's why I think the podcast medium is definitely is definitely enriching in that sense because it provides the real experience for people that are looking for that kind of content.
2: Yes, I agree. Also, like just to keep in mind, like how like our audience, so like the initial stages of our podcast and. I wasn't part of the season one team, but for what I can gather, and just like the, the two seasons that we are, like the second and third season, and also Radio Viral, it's just like it's a podcast for students made by students. So, like, there's a, still that connection of like it's just like students, the ones that are coming together to have this like cafecito time to talk about what we are learning, to talk about our positions, and like different topics. And I think just like a great opportunity for us to, to explore those. and and have those conversations that I do think we need to have. And it's just a great opportunity for us to get involved with those conversations that might sometimes be perceived as the conversations that only like academics or just like professionals will have. So I just wanted to ask a question, Justith, about what's your audience? Like how how do you choose who's gonna be part of of your podcast?
1: Yeah, thank you so much. That's a very good question. Um, But before getting into that question, about who's my audience uh something that i wanted to mention especially for my my audience or the people who are listening to our podcast today Um they need to know and some, one of the things that i like about uh, your podcast is, uh, is this this display of words that you have within cafecito which is cafecito and tl tl T-O meaning toronto i guess it is playing with the words that some of my my listeners may not know that also cafecito means that like the little little coffee or the little cup of coffee that you have either in the morning or in the afternoon or evening with friends and having a chat. So I really love that concept that you guys have created uh, for that. And as for my audience, um, initially the audience was and still is made by graduate students at least at OIC and especially in the in, in my program, which is language and literacies. But also the audience is, is is typically graduate students any type of scholars any type of professors as well who are in the in the field of languages or applied linguistics or language education all of those sorts of things that's kind of like the the main audience but as the years pass you know as the seasons pass other people have come on board like other community workers other students professors you know researchers from different centers uh, artists have come uh, to the podcast so now I have opened it a little bit more to, to talk with different folks because I really wanted this podcast to be about a chasing encounters, right and they have these encounters with people with different uh, walks of life they're coming from different uh, knowledges and I wanted to share They uh, like provide a space uh, for everybody to, to to share what they need to say in terms of uh,
0: yeah in, in terms of and that's that's in fact quite that's quite targeted, right? And that's a problem with our audience that it's not as targeted as yours because we 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 tend to focus on international students from that are they have Latin American backgrounds, so not necessarily Canadian ones, and and then we span from there's people from all over the world that listen to us, um, despite our focus on Canada. There's people that that listen from all over Latin America, so it's interesting how we have a greater span of audience. Uh, because because I think our focus is different. And and we and we try to and we try to be more expansive in our content so that we're we're always we're always talking about different things and different themes. And this kind of balances out what the kind of people that we have involved uh, and in talking and talking around with us. Uh, I wanted to talk about about resources, right? Because I think that's something that's always complicated for us. Um, and and we had our problems with resources. I think our main one was getting the microphones. <laughs> so we took a while to get professional microphones. And for for the longest time, we would sit in at the Latin American Studies pro uh, Latin uh, uh, Latin American Hola. Students Association Oles. OLES, and we would sit in the office uh, around the microphone. Uh, just like huddled around the microphone. So everyone would capture the voice. And then in the end I would have to edit the, the echo the have the huge echo that had in the room and the audio would get distorted and it would be really annoying. So we had all these problems with resources. I don't know if you guys remember any other, any other problem with resources, but, uh, we, we, we started really in like in the, from the podcasting roots, really. Um, and now I think we're, we're getting somewhere.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I I remember I, I I'm looking at like the picture of, that we have, uh, with like the microphone, the old microphone, uh, in between like the, the two piles of books, and then we have a uh like a tape, and we used to put the microphone there. Yeah. It was it was wild um, those times, but now with uh, the COVID nineteen student engagement award, we were able to buy the new microphones, and also like get just like started with our social media accounts uh create a website uh, and so on so there are just like other resources that that are there that were available just recently to be honest but but yeah
3: i'm sorry just just before um you you go you see i just wanted to add that i think that what we had before was less of a microphone more of a, a recorder that's what it wasn't it it was it was a little machine that's yeah. probably from the nineteen nineties, in which we. No, used
0: no, it's not old. It's not old. It's a good. It's a good recorder. It was just. <laughs> it's a really good recorder. It's just that it was only one. And the problem that we're for <laughs> and we yeah. we gather around without any other. So like yeah, it is a recorder. It's not a microphone, and so the idea is to like plug in other microphones to it, and then it works right. really well because it like, it works as like a sound base. Um, but we didn't have any other microphones, so we just had to, like, huddle around. I guess with Yassid, with you, you just, like, you just quickly schedule a place at OISE and, and you have a podcasting studio right there, right?
1: Right. Uh, yeah, that's true. Like, I'm so happy for you guys that you you have the resources now and then the economic resources to sort of fund the project, which is great. I'm glad that the University of Toronto is funding such a great project, and I, I hope you guys are funded forever. I mean and you know whatever and ever that, that for me because this was a personal initiative then I never got any funding from the university and I never asked and I never tried to look for funding at all so when I asked um, the university what resources do we have for them to, to do a podcast they actually pointed out oh, we have a A recording studio here on the third floor of the library so you might want to just book it and then we teach you how to use the programs and everything and then i was like oh that sounds great idea and then that's how i did that and then i booked every week every other week uh the the studio room and then i will i will uh, send emails to them to the guests and then they will meet me and then that's cool where we will record now that being said when when COVID came then it was difficult because I used to record in the studio in person with the people. And also, for example, when there were international conferences, I would invite special guests to come to the university, specifically to the studio, to come and and do the interviews. But then now COVID came, and now I was like, what am I going to do? Fortunately, like you guys mentioned, uh, Zoom came, and then I started using Zoom uh, in the beginning and then that's how that's how I did uh, how I finished the uh, season up, uh, at the end of April and then during the summer I did a couple of uh, sort of I call it a special episodes and I did them in the park because I knew that there, uh, there were people who I know already and they were in my bubble so so I invited in the park like not far from from the University of Toronto Queens Park And there are some tables, somehow the the city put some tables in the park. And then I just sit down there and then I carry the same recorder that you are talking about, uh, Leo. Uh, I have the same recorder, so I would put it in the middle and then we will record it. So it was kind of cool because we have like uh, the ambience of the, you know, the birds and the wind and then the park and people sort of hanging out in the park. So that was a great idea. But then now, again, we are getting locked down. So now we go back again to how going to do this business again? So I realized that I needed a, 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 an actual microphone. So then I bought this new microphone last week, actually, because I knew I was going to record uh, this program with you. And I said, I, I cannot continue doing this over, over this um, microphone, like computer microphone. I, th- I thought it was sort of unprofessional. So I pulled out some money out of my pocket and I bought this, uh, this microphone. And I hope it works this time because uh, this is the first time actually I use it. So I don't know how how the recording is gonna be. I'm sure better than the previous ones. But yeah, well, basically, what I wanted to say is that that's the that's the funding that I have, pretty much uh, myself, and and also because I host the, the 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 podcast on SoundCloud, and you know, SoundCloud free is very limited in terms of the time that you, you can have to have your podcast. So I have to invest. Some other money to 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 buy the premium account so I can host uh, more time on on SoundCloud. But so that being said, I wonder if you guys can share with us uh, how do you host your podcast or where do you host it online? Maybe I can learn from you.
0: No, we also host it on SoundCloud. We have a, a SoundCloud premium, and that's and that's something that that was a that was an issue issue for us because we are struggling to find a good RSS feed that was cheap. And SoundCloud definitely provided like one of the best services for us. And it's I mean, it's not it's not cheap, um, especially if you're taking it out of your pocket. But like for an institution like U of T and for like the program, it's like really cheap to offer. And it provides like a a stable base for you to like and put your podcast there and have it on Spotify, have it on iTunes, have it everywhere because it works with RSS feed. And it's beautiful. It works wonders. Um, it's just, it's easy to, to upload and that's usually what we do. And that's, and that makes the, the editing process really easy too. Cause it's just, it's just a matter of editing it and like uploading it easily to, to SoundCloud. There's like no other like issues, bureaucratic issues around the, the podcast. And that's also something that's also really interesting about podcasting, right? Is that it's, it's not hard to make, right? I think that's also why we have a flood of podcasts nowadays is that. Like podcasts are so easy to make because unlike videos, you just you just easily edit out the, the audio and then you put it out, wrap it up with some music and you throw it out there and it becomes a podcast. And of course, the content is very is, is different in, in the, the way that people speak and the way that it's projected is completely different in every single podcast. But in general, the ease of making a podcast has made it easily accessible, right? and i think we're part of this wave i think we came a little bit before right how many years does your podcast have because we have we have three years now so we
1: no i have just two years so this is this is we're in the middle of or the towards the end of um season four so this is the end of the of year two yeah so, so really yeah you are beginner than me
0: yeah we're we're in season three and so like We've we've been we've been here we've been around for a good while now. Like considering the internet times, usually things on the internet go by so fast and disappear easily. So so we exist for a while, and I think it's and it's interesting to see how how the podcast will eventually grow and institute itself. Uh, and that's and that's the idea. The idea is to like maintain it as a project and keep it going on forever, hopefully, um, maintaining as a, as a student initiative where people are able to like share their stories and 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 share and share their ideas and and i think that one of our moving on one of the big successes that we have was we had unfortunately came with covid right i think that covid helped us a lot didn't it, Rachel?
2: yep i mean it provided a new i will say like a new thing to do like another use that we can give it to the podcast and we i'm at least i'm really really happy with all the things we did with with Radio Viral, with how we ended season two, and like, what have we been learning for like the past, what, almost eight months now? It's been an interesting opportunity to see us working in that way, where it's just not us only talking about topics here and there, but more like, something more specific, a global project, an interdisciplinary project. So I think, definitely, I think that Radio Viral has been one of our uh big uh things that we've done together and i'll say that with the challenges that that also brought to us like changing from in-person recordings to online trying to use zoom and finding like the best way to keep that conversation going i think that we were so used to the office space that when we first recorded online it felt that it just felt so weird it felt that there was something missing Uh, But now I think we're getting back to to that environment that we had while we were recording. Because at the end, we don't want to make the conversation like too, we don't want to force the conversation to happen. And we don't want to have those, I don't know, awkward moments where like no one is like, what do I say now? And so on. Just like have that conversation and like feel like free to just jump in and like say whatever you want to say. And... Yeah, but I will say, yeah, like the, the pandemic, I think was one of our maybe it was like the, the biggest challenge that we had, but we are still here. Season three is uh, up and running. Uh, our social media account is also uh, growing. Now we have a website as well, and maybe you would like to talk more about it. But in terms of social media that I'm in charge of, I have uh, some new projects coming up soon. I'm still trying to think about that, but it's just really great to see our like to see that we have more followers to see that we have more interaction with uh, our audience and yeah I think that's one of the the things that we are doing right now uh, the things that we are working on yeah I don't know if Kile if you would like to share about our website
3: oh yeah absolutely I was about to um nice. and at first when you told me because I, I I did I wasn't part of Radio Viral and when you told me that we're gonna have a website I wasn't very sold on the idea because I I, I, I like I have a preconception that. Websites are essentially an outdated medium in which, well, um, not only are they hard to make professional, but they are not very used. But I I feel like I'm completely wrong uh, after a while of managing the El Cafecito website. Not only because we have a a, a provider that makes it extremely easy to make it look professional and nice, which is also great. Um, I also was lucky enough to inherit the work of Ana Rodriguez, who was our former um co-host as well here in the podcast who who started a website herself and while well, she made it brilliant i just had to tweak it here and there but yeah i do think that a website is good uh not only about because we we can share other things for example uh longer texts like blog posts which we have been doing um but because it's another way to uh promote i don't want to say brand but promote the, the product because in the end of the day the podcast is of course a product so yeah i really think that uh, this website was a wonderful idea and i'm very happy to to be managing it. And uh, do you have a website? Do you see that? How does that like? Do you have a plan? Do you have one already? Um, what do you think about yeah, that? Yeah,
1: I think, I think I would like to collect some of my thoughts while you guys were speaking. And it's sort of related to, everything is related, but one of the things that I wanted to sort of follow up on my earlier thoughts uh, based on uh, the website, uh, SoundCloud that I use, one of the things that I like the most about it and I'm happy to pay out of my pocket, that is because I can get Details about the statistics uh, about who's listening, where's listening. We have countries and we have uh, the cities that are listening, and it's interesting because before COVID we had like three thousand listeners from around the world, and then COVID came, and then now I see the statistics about seven to eight thousand. So it increased. So this is a proof that podcast listening has improved during COVID because you know we have been in lockdown, we have inside our houses. So so we have the time now to sit down and sort of listen to podcasts. So that's one of the first things that I noticed um, in my podcast, right? And then the second thing that I was it got me thinking is okay now I have the the SoundCloud, but I wonder if I should have an actual website to put up the, the episodes. And then because I'm working on my own with these i mean i i have the resources to put up a website but i unfortunately i don't have the time so i do not have a website like chasing encounters.com or whatever but what i do in terms of promoting the, the podcast which in this case you guys are more advanced than me obviously. the way i do i have the only thing that i have is twitter and every time i i produce a podcast then i just uh, Put it out there and via Twitter, and then I retweet it in my personal Facebook or my personal uh, people. Oh, this is the the latest of our podcast. Please go ahead and listen to it. The other thing that I that I do, which I think I'm lucky, is that I have access to the uh, the University of Toronto OEC listserv. Uh, so it, it's 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 they can send it to pretty much all, all all the students at OIC. So that's probably one of the reasons why I get a lot of audience because it sent it out to everybody at Ozy and you know there's a lot of people there so I'm happy to do that so now because I am not sure sometimes whether I should create a website for the podcast or not I mean I could and I should the problem is the time that I really literally don't have it and I may find a partner at some point down the road who can help me out with that because one thing that I don't know if you guys do but I have been requested the idea of transcripts, you know, like especially for um, question uh, disabilities and things like that. Accessibility and disabilities have been requested for transcripts for every one of, uh, of my episodes. But like I said, unfortunately, I'm the only one who's doing this. I won't be, I, I haven't been able to actually get, get around the transcripts of the podcast. And I wonder if, how do you guys do with that? Do you do transcripts of the, the podcast that you run or not? Or how do you go about it?
2: I mean, we've never been asked to provide a, a trans. Uh, yeah, like the transcripts of the conversations. But another option that we can explore, if it's the case, like we can have um, closed captions. And I think that at the end, there is like automatic. Automatically, you're gonna get the the transcripts. Maybe I think another way, just like that's something we do with or we're trying to do with our blog section for for the website is to. Either explore topics that we were didn't have enough time to discuss when we were recording the episodes, but if you are interested in like doing a blog section where you're talking about like the main points of the of that um, episode and then like just give a general overview of what happened there, might be a good idea if that's like something that you're interested in. Uh, but yeah, we we don't do transcripts.
0: Yeah, it's it's never been something that was asked. It's like it's. Although, although it's an interesting idea, and, and that's exactly what Raquel said, the, the idea of the text of writing the of the text and the and the website was exactly expanding our podcast to towards like the written medium and then make it make it so that more ideas are expanded into like a written text and, and the ideas are then like transports somewhere else. And I also wanted to talk about the future of, of our projects and the future of podcasting because um, right now we're still locked down, and and Toronto just got into a lockdown last week. Um, I don't know how other countries are dealing with it, but it's been pretty tough. And I'm wondering how 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 what are the what are the prospects for our projects and what are the prospects for podcasting in the next few years? Yeah, I think that the prospects for podcasts in general are good.
3: Um, I don't, I honestly don't think that COVID negatively affects. Um, podcasting is an industry um, in any significant way. Um, Even Actually, I take that back because some people do uh, mostly listen to podcasts when, for example, commuting um, or walking around, which has been happening less um, due to COVID. But uh, still, there are uh, things in which you being at home, you can have time to uh, do things in which you can listen to a podcast. For example, uh, whenever I'm washing dishes, I'm listening to a podcast. So um, I guess it is a, a give and take a situation. You lose uh, some instances in which you might lose uh, listen to a podcast and gain uh, some others. Um, but yeah, as a whole, I do think that um, podcasting as a whole will only um, grow uh, despite uh, uh, COVID and even after COVID. It, it really has... I, I want to say no limits really to where it can go because it's a medium that is only um, now really becoming mainstream. We are we are now seeing a lot of um, well mainstream uh, media's uh, giving in to podcasts. Let's call it that way because in the past, podcasts used to be more of a alternative, um, independent uh, thing. But as we see a lot of corporations diving into it, it uh, I think that it is a very uh, good sign that it is a uh, promising and good uh, industry and formal communication really for the future
2: i agree i also think that with the pandemic i think like in, in the next months we're gonna see better software options like they, there's there's demand for uh i don't know editing like apps to help you edit the beat like the, the the audios and just like to help you. I don't know, develop your website and social media accounts. It's just like it's something, as, as, as Guillermo said, it's something that is growing and it's going to keep uh, growing. And uh, there's demand. So, like, if there's demand, there's going to be supply at some point.
1: Yeah, I think some of, the, some of the things that I've seen recently is, like, I agree with, with you guys that the podcast the, is in demand right now. Everybody's, like, you know, eager to listen to podcasts right now as you go to... Google Podcasts or Spotify, even online, you can see that there is a bunch of people already creating, starting to create, and it's becoming better, and it's becoming, um, I would say, quote unquote, more professional for different folks because of you, of you mentioned, Raquel. Uh, it's easy to do, and then there is all sorts of tools to edit and to make things a little bit better. But so I think this is just the beginning of a bigger a wave of podcasting in the near future. It's, it's already happening, but it's just getting bigger. My question, I think, is for people like us that we are students, we are, you know, at school, you know, we finish at some point, we finish, you guys finish your studies. And then the, the question is who, who's gonna take over of what you guys started, right? Unless you guys are gonna go back, well, come back, but I don't think you wanna come to school to continue the el cafecito. Maybe you can you wanna do another. By a podcast on your on your on your end, you know when whatever you end up working. For me, chasing encounters—it's my podcast and it is my idea, and, and and it does not end when I finish school next year. I think I'm gonna take it with me. I'm gonna so put it in my backpack and then carry it wherever I go with my microphone and and all the equipment that I have. Now, something that you got me thinking in this conversation today was I think I need to start finding alliances and uh, start to find people who can uh, work with me on a voluntary basis to support me. And I guess, my big guess is that I guess there has to support me in my costs and I, I still have to figure it out, how I'm gonna do it suddenly. and then and become a little bit more robust because I believe there is, there is some value in the work that we all do. And then the question for us is how we're gonna be uh, expanding from who we are right how we're gonna uh, sustain the project that we really like and but i don't know how about you guys how are you gonna, what are your plans to sustain this cafecito podcast
0: it hangs on to our boss Berenice. it's her goal <laughs> it's her own goal it's her appropriate goal and her own goal to maintain this podcast alive so in case this podcast dies <laughs> maybe it's not our fault <laughs> um but uh in it's 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 generally it's generally on, on the on the program side and hopefully and hopefully it, it endures and, and encounters other people to to head it too because it is a i think it's a fantastic project that, that emerges from the Latin american studies program and it's something that uh i want i i want to keep alive and i think should be kept alive because um because these podcasting experiences really reflect what and that's one of our justifications for the COVID project was that it's that it was a, a, a historical document of like how students believed and what students thought at the time. And that I think it's really interesting that people are going to be stu- maybe even studying these things in like 10, 20 years time. Like they were oh, that was that that podcast of like students talking about this and that. I mean, it's a possibility. These things happen. Right. So I think podcasts are just living documents of what people are thinking and. And I think we can, if we compact it really well, it works really nicely. And yeah. on...
2: no, 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 I was just saying yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and on on that note, I would like to wrap this podcast up. It was amazing to talk about podcasting uh, here with Yacid. Thank you very much for coming. Uh, thank you very much for listening. As always, El Cafecito is available on Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud. Thank you very much. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.